Hey yo, hey yo everybody and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Hope you're having a good day. Let's ruin it, right? Let's talk about something uh, a little bit freaky that's going on and that is going to be the two stars of the latest HBO series, The Idol, Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd. I mean, technically Abel Tesafay. And I think he's, right, revoking the title The Weeknd, and now he's going to live as Abel. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen The Price of Eggs, so I don't really give that much of a shit about it. But whatever. He's, like, rebranding. Now, this is a new show from HBO that I have to be honest, I have not watched. I have done basically how I consume most media now, which is I watch clips of it on TikTok and then I Wikipedia the plot and I feel like I kind of get the gist of what's going on. But there's a reason why I'm not watching The Idol and many others are not as well. And that's because it's a little bit of a fucked up show. So we're going to go into the scandal around this new HBO series, why so many people are boycotting it. And then I want to kind of cover both Lily Rose Depp and The Weeknd, because we haven't really done episodes on either of them. We've talked about The Weeknd before when we did our episode a couple weeks ago with Emps all about celebrity apocalyptic relationships, his relationship with Bella Hadid and Selena Gomez and all of the drama around that. We'll get into more of that today. And we have talked about Lily Rose Depp at one point when I was talking about Timothy Chalamet. This might have been over on a Patreon episode, but we've all seen that picture of them sloppily making out on a yacht. But we haven't really dedicated time to these two individuals. So today we're going to go over a little bit of the drama about this new HBO series. And then we're going to start with Lily, her real life, her blind items, and then we will do the same for the weekend. So without further ado, let's dive right into this. So let's start with The Idol. I am not watching it. I know a few people are. Christy from X Knows All says that she shamelessly is kind of loving the show right now. But I personally love a good boycott. You know that we do that here with the Kardashians. I don't like to give in to... I almost view it as kind of like a boycott to me makes me feel very empowered because it's a very individualistic choice that you can take. It's just like one action. And I feel like there was an influencer who said this where basically if you're suffering from low self-esteem you get high self-esteem by doing esteemable things. So like go out and volunteer, like call up your grandma, um, meditate, do yoga, cook yourself a healthy meal. Like doing all of those esteemable things is what then builds kind of trust and a repertoire with yourself so that way you then feel better and have confidence. Anytime I boycott something, I feel good. I feel sickly good. You know that feeling where it's like, oh, I'm taking the high road? but I'm only doing that so I can flip the bird to the people on the low road and be like, look at me, bitch, I'm on the high road. So maybe it's not that high, but we do that with the Kardashians because I just don't like what they're about. And I am not liking everything that I'm hearing about the idol. So I just refuse to watch it and I feel like my life will be the same. So who created this series? Of course, Euphoria showrunner Sam Levinson is behind it. And The Weeknd is also creating this and like producing this series. So a little TLDR on what it is, it centers on Lily Rose Depp as this troubled pop star named Jocelyn, and she wants to make it in Hollywood, but then she meets someone named Tedros, Tedros, whatever, who's played by The Weeknd, 
and they kind of start dating and he turns out to be some sort of freaky cult leader and I think he's going to like take advantage of her. That's the vibe. It premiered in May at the Cannes Film Festival uh, and this is when things, you know, there were rumors about people walking off on the set beforehand, which we're going to be talking about, but when it premiered, a lot of critics condemned it as shameful and corrupt and compared it to pornography, which if you've seen, I don't know, even just one episode of Euphoria, I feel like it's not that surprising. Um, He is just, look, like, I know that things happen in high school. Kids give blowies and do drugs, but I don't know if I need to see like close-ups of a high schooler's nipples. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone's just, there's a lot of discourse around euphoria and I think for good reason. I was talking to someone too the other day and they were saying that they have a younger sister and she wasn't involved in drugs until she started watching Euphoria and then she started doing drugs. And I know that's just like one person's uh, vibe, but anytime you consume media, it does make you kind of want to. Like anytime I see a James Bond movie, I walk out of the theater and I'm like, nobody knows that I have a gun up my butt and I could assassinate anyone at any time. Like you just kind of want to reenact what you just saw. So Euphoria is just, um, I don't, end episodes of euphoria feeling like I want to go to the soup kitchen or hug my mom or read a book. I really want to do something that's like devious after watching this. So a lot of people have, you know, been critical of Sam Levinson for having all of these like very hardcore scenes in a show about high schoolers. So I don't know why the hell It's just like if you are a rotten man in Hollywood, they're like, great, you've got seven different chances before we kick you out of the scene. So yeah, he's back for another thing with HBO. He's working on The Idol. And when the drama first started, this was back in April, people left the show. So there was originally a director named Amy, and she was going to be directing a lot of this show. There was also a cast member named Susanna Sun who was going to be in the show, and both Amy and Susanna ended up leaving the set of The Idol. So what happened was a bunch of different uh, episodes were filmed for this under the direction of Amy and with Susanna in the show, and then Abel, we'll just call him The Weeknd for this episode, The Weeknd apparently was unhappy with the creative direction of the show, so they had already filmed footage for about four or five different episodes, And The Weeknd said that the show was leaning too much into a female perspective. Because, yeah, right, all throughout history, there's way too much of a female perspective. Anyway, and according to sources, he felt that the show was being viewed through the lens of Lily Rose Depp's character rather than his own. So we have a source from the set saying, quote, it was like The Weeknd wanted one show that was all about him, and Sam was on board with that. So, according to Rolling Stone, um, apparently Amy left, and then Sam scrapped the nearly completed shoot for the $45 to $75 million project and rewrote and reshot the entire series. And they turned it from what was going to be kind of this, like, satirical, like, ooh, what happens to women in Hollywood? Like, let's poke fun and shine a light on the issues. And they turned it into this kind of weird, depraved show where it was like, hey, let's see what the issues for female pop stars are, and let's get a close-up of their nipples. 
So different individuals in the production said that they felt alienated by Sam Levinson's and The Weeknd's changes, and they dubbed some scenes, quote, a rape fantasy, and said that the shoots, quote, went from satire to the thing that it was satirizing. You know what I'm talking about. So a different source told Rolling Stone that The Weeknd wanted to, quote, tone down the cult aspect of the storyline and pivot into something else entirely, dropping the feminist lens through which the show was being told as a result. And it's funny because The Weeknd did kind of this, you know, expose slam piece on the show. And there's a scene in the show where the character of The Weeknd is like, kind of dissing Rolling Stone and saying that like they don't have any Instagram followers and they're irrelevant. So when Rolling Stone came out with this slam piece about the show, The weekend ended up tweeting them with that clip from the show and being like, oh my God, like, did we upset you? Now, let's be honest. The weekend has been on the cover of Rolling Stone many times. So their Twitter account shot back and they were like, you didn't upset us at all. And then they tweeted all of the different covers that The weekend has been on for Rolling Stone. But to be honest, I think that both, this was like a mutually beneficial thing. Like everybody loves the drama. They're like happy. It's good for both people. What a lot of people were concerned about was, look, it's not The weekend who's getting like butt fucked in all of these scenes. It's Lily Rose Depp. So how does she feel about everything? She put out a statement in defense of Sam Levinson. She said, never have I felt more supported or respected in a creative space, my input and opinions more valued. You've never felt more supported than working on this show? Like, God, that's fucking depressing, but uh, I feel like that's exaggerating a little bit, but whatever. She continues and says, working with Sam is a true collaboration in every way. It matters to him more than anything, not only what his actors think about the work, but how we feel performing it. He hires people whose work he esteems and has always created an environment in which I felt seen, heard, and appreciated. It's just, I mean, with Euphoria, like we know... We know that's not true, but whatever. And in typical edgelord behavior, when Sam Levinson was asked about these allegations, he said, when my wife read me the article, I looked at her and I said, I think we're about to have the biggest show of the summer. We know we're making a show that is provocative. It's not lost on us. And I have to be honest, I'm just, I'm so tired of these guys in Hollywood. It's giving Maddie Healy to me, like somebody who loves pushing the buttons just for the sake of pushing the buttons like they like controversy for the sake of controversy not because the controversy is like a blowback to something that they truly care about like I don't think Sam Levinson is like oh my god it's just so important for me to get this message out I think he on purpose is creating and inventing something that he knows is going to outrage people and that's just not to me that's not the point of like true art I'm just so sick of um people taking these like creative shortcuts right so making a movie that's really tragic and trauma filled so then that way it's deep because only sad things can be deep and having a double penetration scene so then that way it's something scandalous or having comedy that's really mean because then it's critical and edgy and cutthroat and it's just there are ways to do this without going to the lowest common denominator like Conan O'Brien is really funny without being mean. Reality TV is really scandalous without showing nudity. Poetry is really deep without having traumatic scenes in it. Like there are ways to evoke these endpoint feelings that you want to get to without 
always having to go to the easiest target. And to me, it just shows that you don't have talent. Like, remember that scene in the movie Up of, like, the old couple in love and how they grew up? And, like, you know what I'm talking about, that scene in Up. Like, it's going to make me choke up. That was, what, like a three-minute scene? And we felt a spectrum of emotions in that. And that was a G-rated cartoon scene that all made us really feel something. And we didn't need to see somebody getting raped in medieval times. We didn't need to see somebody's head getting chopped off and somebody being slapped across the face while they did cocaine. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. So you get what I'm saying. So what is in this show? This was a little bit of a preview we had of different quotes from crew members. They said, Quote, it was like any rape fantasy that any toxic man would have in the show. And then the woman comes back for more because it makes her music better. And another member of the crew described the series as sexual torture porn. I've seen different clips from it on TikTok. I think there's a scene in the first episode where the weekend is like choking Lily Rose Depp. So then that way she sings better. There's a scene of her choking herself as she masturbates which can we just talk about the way any scene I've ever seen of a woman masturbating like all right you could keep that in your head if you want to that's not how we do it I can tell you that's not how it happens and it's just so cringe and like the weekend is like like I don't even want to repeat it because I went to CCD growing up so it makes me uncomfortable but it is like sexual torture porn. That's what happens. And another source says, it was a show about a woman who is finding herself sexually turned into a show about a man who gets to abuse this woman and she loves it. And that's kind of the crux of the show. It's like this cult leader is abusing her, but she thinks that the abuse makes her a better singer. So she like is obsessed with it. And then we also, of course, have a weird reference to method acting. Lily Rose Depp, in a June 2nd interview with Entertainment Weekly, said that sometimes The weekend would get so into character during filming that she knew to steer clear from him. Quote, I don't think anybody went full method. Nobody lost their minds. Well, sometimes when Abel would get, I don't want to reveal too much about where Abel's character goes, but when he would be in full Tedris mode right now, I would steer clear of him. I'd be like, he's in his zone right now. And then, oh God, this is the last thing I have to mention is there was a scene that ended up being ditched because logistically it wouldn't work, but they tried to film a scene that allegedly had Lily Rose Depp's character carrying an egg in her vagina. And if she dropped or cracked it, the weekend's character would, quote, refuse to rape her. And then in a more twisted turn of events, Lily's character would then beg him to rape her because she thought that that was the key to being a good musician. It's just so, like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm on Team Republican right now with, like, the degeneracy in Hollywood. It's just like, what the hell is going on? Like, this is sick. This, this is sick. I don't want to endorse anything that has to do with rape. Good. And that should not be a hot take. It should not be, like... It's not too much to ask for a show that doesn't deal with these things. And I would be remiss to say, why is it always HBO shows that are so rape heavy? So yeah, that's why I'm not watching it, but we are going to gossip a little bit about the people in it. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Good money habits, they start with your very first paycheck, and if you just scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. So when you sign up for Chime and you link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like being paid up to two days early and fee-free overdraft up to $200. And with Chime, there are no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit required to become a member. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score. You can get started at chime.com slash fluently. That is chime.com slash fluently. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank or Stride Bank, members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com slash spot me. So let's start with Lily Rose Depp. We obviously know a bit about her because she is Nepo Baby. Her mother is Vanessa Parody and her father is Johnny Depp. She was actually born in France, west of Paris. Um, she divides her time between L.A., Paris, and New York City, as if she couldn't get cooler already. Like, good God, that's pretty cool. Her parents have joint custody of her. We're going to get a little bit into the drama with um, her father, Johnny Depp. And I was surprised to see her in this series. I was like, oh, typical Nepo baby. Because let's be honest, have you seen Lily Rose Depp in anything before this? I certainly hadn't. I kind of assumed this was like her acting debut. But no, she's actually acted in a bunch of stuff. So she started acting in 2014. She was in this comedy horror film called Tusk. Then she was in the film Planetarium alongside Natalie Portman. And this is kind of a fun fact. Natalie Portman actually handpicked Lily Rose Depp to play her younger sister. They do look very similar, right? They've got those striking cheekbones. Um, she was in the movie The King, opposite of Timothy Chalamet. We all remember them dating. I mean, if you want to say it's a PR relationship, there's at least a reason for it, right? Like people calling Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner PR like, what the hell would the reason for that be? There's nothing they're promoting together. This, however, makes sense, right? They were, like, in a movie together. And I will say of that movie, the film, it got good reviews for her. People wrote saying, Lily Rose Depp makes her present felt for perhaps the first time ever as Catherine, whose delicate worldliness matches Henry's. And a lot of people called it an excellent cameo. Now, when she wasn't acting, she has been working with Chanel at age 16, she was made a brand ambassador for Chanel, and this was a decision that came personally from Carl Lagerfeld, and she was like the youngest person to work with Chanel. I think we're going to get into this um, when we talk about her eating disorder. I would say that those two are definitely related. Being exposed to Carl Lagerfeld under the age of 30, I feel like is just going to fuck you up, especially if you're working with Chanel. Now, she is also the goddaughter of Marilyn Manson, which is also something that's horrific, and we're going to be talking about a little bit in the blind items when we talk about Marilyn Manson and Johnny Depp's friendship. So she has talked about struggling with anorexia in the past. She has said that she has since recovered. Um, these are some quotes that she says about it. So she was asked about this in interviews because when she she was very, very thin a few years ago, and a lot of different fans were bringing this up, saying that they were worried for her, saying that they were scared. 
So in an interview, she admitted that she suffered from anorexia for a long time. She said, it hurts a lot and depresses me because I have spent a lot of energy fighting the disease. When I was much younger, I was faced with anorexia. It was very difficult to deal with it. All who are familiar with this problem know how difficult it is to return to a normal life. And I really appreciate her in that quote, calling it a disease because it is. And I think a lot of people who have struggled with eating and health knows that it's a disease that you have to constantly fight. There's unfortunately not like a pill that you can take to fix it. And it really is a lot of different coping mechanisms and conscious thinking because it's something that you have to deal with every day. Now, moving on to another aspect of Lily Rose Depp, her sexuality. You know, I'm always curious about that. I'm a little freak. And in August 2015, an artist posted a photo of her at a photo shoot for the Self-Evidence Truths Project. And they had this uh, caption in the photo of her. I'm so proud of my baby girl at Lily Rose Depp. She decided she wanted to be in Self-Evident Project because she falls somewhere on the vast spectrum and I couldn't be happier to welcome her into the family. She's a tiny gem of a good human. Hashtag proud uncle, hashtag we are you. So a lot of articles came out and they were like, she came out. Woohoo. Let's like welcome her. How exciting. She's somewhere on the spectrum. And then she took to the outlets to be like, JK. She said, that was really misconstrued, that whole thing. A lot of people took it as me coming out, but that's not what I was trying to do. I was literally doing it to just say that you don't have to label your sexuality. So many kids these days are not labeling their sexuality. And I think that's so cool. It's so fluid and there's so much pressure on kids to label themselves and say, this is what I am, this is what I like. So then she refused to categorize herself and said, it's not anybody's business because I'm going to date whoever I'm going to date. I was just saying kids don't need to label their sexualities. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> I find that, I don't know, I personally would have just like left it alone. I mean, I could understand wanting to make a comment if every single news outlet is like, she's gay, like she's come out. Um, but it's so funny that she was like, what I'm preaching is that you don't have to label your sexuality but me personally, I am going to say that I'm not going to label it so you could assume that I'm straight. So who has she dated? She dated Timothy Chalamet, maybe. We'll talk about this in the blind items from 2018 to 2020. And since January of this year, 2023, she has been in a relationship with this rapper that I only heard of because I started looking her up, who goes by the name 070Shake or like 070 shake. Why? You know what? Like I just there's so many rappers and I wonder if their team is ever like pick an easier name. Like 070 shake, wouldn't it be 70? What's with the zero in front? I don't know. It's always something. Even like bad baby with like the silent h in it. I feel like there's almost a little, you know how sometimes there's a crossover between country music and rap music. I don't know, the way that they both use the word like y'all <laughs> or Cowboy Troy. Maybe I'm thinking of that. He's like a cowboy who raps. I feel like there's a crossover between rapper names and tech company names. You know, the way that the iPhone is like lowercase i, capital P. I just always think that they're kind of similar. All right. Now let's get into some of the blind items about Lily Rose Depp. So Here's this first one. And as a reminder, all of these blind items are from NT Lawyer. His website is crazydaysandnights.net. And you can check out more at patreon.com slash NT Lawyer for his deep dives on all of Hollywood gossip. 
So we have a first blind item here that says this A minus this actress offspring, Lily Rose Depp, is only that high because of a recent project, The Idol. She is also hooking up with a co-star from that show, which might come as a surprise to her significant other. Although she already hooked up with the main co-star, The Weeknd, just to get the tension out of the way. And yeah, we'll talk about this more when we get into the blind items of The Weeknd, but there are rumors that every single person that The Weeknd collabs with, he hooks up with them. Okay, another one. Other than a friendship and a movie being released, there is nothing going on between the North of the Border singer and a barely there celebrity offspring. Now, I'm assuming that that would be The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp, but it's not a movie being released. It is a series. So I'm like half-half on this. Um, The Blind continues. She should stay away from him, though, because of her substance abuse issues. We have a blind item here about an alleged scene that was deleted from the idol. It says one scene in this pay cable show that was deleted was the offspring snorting coke off of the singer's manhood. Yeah, I could absolutely see that type of stuff going on. Now, there were some blind items that get a little bit deep. There's a man named Michael Aquino, Aquino, and uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. And he was a military intelligence officer, and he specialized in psychological warfare. And he ended up forming this cult called the Temple of Set. And this cult was all about a form of Satanism. But it was a branch off. Basically, this guy, Michael, used to be a part of the Church of Satan, but he didn't like the way that the church was going, which is just like so funny because like, bruh, it's the Church of Satan. Anyway, so he resigned from that church, started his own one, and the Temple of Set was this like cult that was all about praising Satan and by focusing on the individual. So they were basically saying that like, if you're a part of this church, what do you can, can you call it a church? I guess you can because it's religious. Um, the whole vibe of it was focusing on yourself. So worshiping yourself as a deity, being really highly individualistic, kind of like viewing yourself as a god and then having like an immortal consciousness. And it's funny, I was like kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole and they were saying that there's different sects of Satanism where like Satanism is worshiping the self, but being a Luciferian is like worshiping knowledge. It was just like very interesting. Anyway, this guy, the founder, Michael, he died in 2020, the age of 73. He has a granddaughter named Bianca Barini. And there were some blind items saying that this granddaughter is best friends with Lily Rose Depp. And she's like involved with this cult, the Temple of Set. Now, to be fair, I tried typing in like her name with Michael's. I couldn't find anything. I tried typing in her name with Bianca's. I couldn't find anything. There was a blind item saying that this granddaughter of the cult leader, Bianca, has a guest role in the idol, but I couldn't find the idol on her IMDb page either. So view this with a fist-sized chunk of salt, basically. So I don't know if it's true, but there was a blind item that says, the pay cable show that everyone is discussing but hasn't actually aired has a guest role from the granddaughter of the church founder, so that would be Bianca, who is best friends with Lily Rose Depp. This is also the project that the end of the week lover, The Weeknd, was trying to convince Angelina Jolie to join as a sex cult. 
Now, this comes down to rumor. This is like such a layered blind item. But remember when everyone thought The weekend was dating Angelina Jolie? This blind item is basically alleging that they were really having meetings about this satanic church, the temple of Set, blah, blah, blah. Now, look, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, blind items are so like QAnon-y and everything like that. Look, I'm not throwing my whole weight behind this blind item, but we do know that celebrities are involved with Hillsong. I would classify Hillsong as a cult. We do know that celebrities are involved in Scientology. I would classify Scientology as a cult. I don't know much about the Temple of Set, but I'm just sure that there are celebrities who think that by getting involved with something like dark and edgy, it's going to like help them out. And it's so funny because is that not literally storyline of the idol all right we've got another blind item here like father like daughter the celebrity offspring daughter of an a-lister so lily rose depp was at a very public event and did several lines of coke with a group of like-minded people this is another blind item about that uh the most strung out in need of rehab desperately and i came to the met gala blitzed out of my mind goes to this b plus list actress who is a celebrity offspring and a lot of people speculated that was lily rose depp and this was a blind item from 2016. so you know me i just like being creepy i was like looking at photos of her at the 2016 met gala um, it's when she was wearing this like white halter dress with kind of like a white flowery shawl. She looks good. What Lily Rose Depp has such a high fashion, like alien out of this world, high cheekbones type of look. Some people are just blessed. And I have to say, isn't it fun that we are now in this era where different movie stars, children's are movie stars children you know what I'm saying they're starting to get older and we're seeing like Uma Thurman's daughter Johnny Depp's daughter we're seeing um oh my god Suri Cruz I think just turned 18 Gwyneth Paltrow's daughter Apple like we are about to be in this new generation of like hot nepo babies and I'm just here for it because like I want to see what they look like like two hot movie actors had a child let me see what that child looks like now that they're 18. All right, here's another blind item. The A-plus list mostly movie actor talked about providing drugs to a family member, so that's Johnny Depp, but forgot to list the harder drugs that he also provided. And yes, this was something that came out in the court case with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. It was revealed that he gave his daughter marijuana. I find it so funny when people call it marijuana, like pot. When she was 13... And he said that he did it because it was responsible parenting. Now, I think that there's definitely an element to responsible parenting where like, you know, if your kid's going to do drugs or going to drink alcohol, have it be in a small dose with you there at first. 13 seems pretty damn young for me. Um, and this came out in a series of different emails that happened in the court. So there were emails between Johnny and Lily Rose and he wrote, checking in to check on your experience last night. And Lily replied, love it. And then she continued, I love weed. And then Johnny Depp wrote back, good girl. I'm happy for you, my angel. So proud of you for being so responsible. And then he wrote to his daughter, don't be loving it too much just yet. And the lawyer asked Johnny Depp why he was encouraging her daughter to smoke weed. And he said, 
My daughter was 13 years old, and as we all know, at 11, 12, 13 years old, when you go to high school parties, you are approached by people who will want to give you a drink because they're drinking. Now, I'm already going to stop here. At 11, 12, 13 years old, you go to high school parties. Fucking do you? Because 11, 12, 13 is 5th grade, 6th grade, 7th grade. Um, You're not going to high school. High school parties are like 16 to 18. So is he saying that like 11-year-olds are going to high school parties? Like that's insane, but whatever. He continues, they are doing cocaine at 12 and 13. They are smoking marijuana at 12 and 13. They are taking ecstasy at 12 and 13. Are they? If any 11-year-old listens to this podcast, could you weigh in? Are you high right now? Like, I know that euphoria is kind of painting this picture, but are kids doing ecstasy at 12? Wouldn't that kill a 12-year-old? I just... uh, Anyway, so Johnny Depp continues to say that his daughter was at a party when she was 12 and someone passed a joint to her. And he told the court that he said to her, listen, sweetheart, if you're at a party and someone hands you the joint, take the joint from that person and pass it to the next person. Don't experiment with drugs with people you don't know. Please do me the honor of coming to me when you are ready, that you feel you are ready, because I don't want your first experience in this world to be with people you don't know, taking things you don't know that I can't trust. So it's a safety issue. And then he continued his argument, basically saying that... (laughs) The weed he has is trustworthy, so he wants to give her good quality weed rather than her trying some like freaky weed for the first time and then having a bad experience and like being going into some sort of paranoid tailspin. I I think that's kind of weird as fuck. Not the concept, but just like the the young, young, young age. And like there have been studies done it does fuck up your brain to start smoking weed too early. Like, that's a fact. Anyway, uh, we continue. There were a lot of different blind items about the Timothy Chalamet-Lily Rose Depp relationship being fake. This French-sounding rude actor slash frequent meme is not dating this actress offspring of someone much higher on the list. It is the same as every other person he has dated over the past couple of years. Now, I understand that they both were in a movie together, but I was kind of like, I don't know, I see them dating. Like, he is into Nepo babies. They had that photo of them kissing on the yacht that, if it was PR, I'm sure they would have tried to make it look a lot better. But then we have this other blind item, and who knows if these are true, but I always am interested in, like, when people allege to a PR relationship, is it a contract being signed? Like, what goes on? And this says... When I first wrote that this probable Oscar-winning actor this year was not really dating the three-named celebrity offspring and that it was all for show, everyone dismissed it and said, of course, it is real. Well, yesterday, while out with a guy she is actually dating, she told an entire table of her friends at lunch that she was asked to do a favor for some PR people who are friends of her dad. So there you go. So, interesting. There's that. This one is fucking sick, dude. Um, Rather than risk his temper when he was wasted and violent, the celebrity offspring of an A-lister, so Lily Rose Depp, let this shock rocker, Marilyn Manson, see her naked and take pictures. She won't say how old she was when it happened. If that's true, that's so fucking gross. Now, this I thought was a little bit interesting. Remember when we talked about... um, the is Lily Rose Depp on the 
spectrum of sexuality or not, there are different blind items saying that her and Kristen Stewart have some beef because of them both working with Chanel and them both allegedly dating Stella Maxwell. So the first blind item says, this former vampire is being slowly replaced as the face of this designer by the celebrity offspring of an A-list, mostly movie actor. So basically saying that Kristen Stewart is getting replaced by Lily Rose Depp for Chanel. As a result of this replacement, our actress, Kristen Stewart, trash talks Lily Rose Depp all the time and is really burning some bridges. So it seems like that's where the feud starts, but we continue. I think our openly gay former franchise actress, Kristen Stewart, thinks that she has her model girlfriend, Stella Maxwell, locked down. Nope. The model will always seek out more fame and fortune when she can, and that celebrity offspring, Lily Rose Depp, that she hooks up with, has a ton more money and will give our model only slightly less publicity. And then the last blind item here, this foreign-born model is cheating on her celebrity girlfriend with someone much younger, as in would probably be illegal in most places younger. So, you know me, I'm freaky. I was like looking up some pictures of Stella Maxwell and Lily Rose Depp, and I'm just going to say Google them together. Actually, don't Google them together. Head on over to my Instagram this week. I will post the pictures for you because Stella and Lily Rose are quite close in some of those photos. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Olive and June. I love having a good manicure. I know people on TikTok talk about like high maintenance ways to then be low maintenance. And I always consider a manicure that you put in a little bit of time and then your nails look incredible for like a week. It's just so nice to have that. So Olive and June, they have a Manny system. It is everything you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. You can customize this with your choice of six polishes. The polish doesn't chip, it lasts for seven days or more, and it breaks down to just $2 for a manicure. It also comes with an award-winning cuticle serum and acetone-free polish remover pot. So I think that it's great to do salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. I love it because anytime I go to the salon, they're always having you watch like a movie or a TV show. And it's just, is it just me? It's always just the credits rolling. And I sit there so bored waiting for my nails to dry. So it's incredible to be able to do this at home. And if you want to try it for yourself, you can visit oliveandjune.com slash fluently for 20% off of your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash fluently, F-L-U-E-N-T-L-Y for 20% off of your first Manny system. All right, now let's get into the weekend. I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with the weekend. I was watching some cool different video essays on him. So his name is Abel Tesafe, and I think he's going to be going back to the name Abel, but we know him professionally as The Weeknd. He's a Canadian singer, songwriter, actor, and now porn director, but I just that's not from Wikipedia. That was me inserting that there. He was born and raised in Toronto, and he started his career in 2009 by anonymously releasing music on YouTube. We're going to get into that later. He's the only child of Ethiopian immigrants, and they separated shortly after his birth, so he was brought up by his mother and grandmother. He has an estranged relationship with his father, and he told Rolling Stone in 2015, which is funny because this was (laughs) before he was calling Rolling Stone irrelevant and beefing with them. But he said this about his father. 
I saw him vaguely when I was six and then again when I was 11 or 12, and he had a new family and some kids. I don't even know where he lived. I'd see him for like a night. I'm sure he's a great guy. I never judged him. He wasn't abusive. He wasn't an alcoholic. He wasn't an asshole. He just wasn't there. And I feel like that's um that's pretty gracious of him to say. Like if I was him, I I think I would definitely be resentful if my you know father wasn't around in my life growing up. Um, or at least from other celebrities who are in that situation, you do hear of them being. I don't want to, well, I don't want to say like resentful, but yeah, like uh, upset that they didn't have their father in their life. So continuing, when he was 17, he dropped out of school and he moved into an apartment with two of his friends and he described this period of his life, this is an interesting quote, as being like the 1995 film Kids, quote, without the AIDS. And he said that they lived this really hedonistic lifestyle. So he said that he also experienced homelessness. He was incarcerated a few times and that encouraged him to quote, smarten up and to focus. So he used a lot of drugs. Um, he said that he used ketamine, cocaine, MDMA, magic mushrooms, cough syrup. He said that drugs were like a crutch for him when it came to writing music. Although recently in August, 2021, he did a cover story with GQ and described himself as being sober light, which means that he stopped using drugs, except he still uses pot and he drinks alcohol occasionally. And he said, I'm not a heavy drinker as much as I used to be. The romance of drinking isn't there. And when I first read that quote, my initial thought was like, oh my God, like so pretentious, like what an artist, like douchey thing to say. But honestly, I kind of get it. I feel like, um, I don't know about you. You guys know I've been talking about sober drinking on here. Sober drinking. The idea of being sober curious. And yeah, the romance of drinking has kind of gone for me too lately. Anyway, let's get into his music career. Like I said, in 2019, that was when he started anonymously putting music on YouTube. The year after, he met this producer named Jeremy Rose, and he had this idea for like a dark contemporary R&B project. So he freestyle rapped on some of the tracks that he had, What You Need, Loft Music, The Party, and The After Party. And he ended up scrapping those tracks, but The Weeknd was able to keep it so long as he gave credit to this producer. And then that was when he started uploading some of those tracks, What You Need, Loft Music, The Morning. And he had this username on YouTube that was like XOXOXOXOXO, a lot of X's and a lot of O's. Um, so at the beginning, his identity, oh my God, he's like NT and Dumois. He was like basically unknown. The songs got some attention online and then they were included in a blog post from Drake. And that was when they really started to take off. And I remember the, I first started hearing of The Weeknd in college and the way he was described to me by friends was like, oh, this is Drake's protege. Like he has a better voice than Drake, but Drake is going to like help him become famous. So then he ends up getting the name The Weeknd. And apparently this name was chosen because when he dropped out of school, he took his mattress, quote, left one weekend and never came home. Um, and the producer says that the name was his idea and they dropped the E, the last E in Weekend because they didn't want to have a trademark problem with the pop rock band The Weeknd. So yeah, he was producing music, um, he was working at American Apparel, and because all of his music was anonymous, there would be different times at work where his coworkers were like listening to his music and didn't know that it was him. I think that's kind of cool. 
So then in 2011, Drake ends up meeting with him. They talk about collaborations. They start working together. He is featured on some of Drake's different songs. And uh, then he kind of really starts to go into the pop area in 2013. So he opens up for Justin Timberlake on the 2020 Experience World Tour. He has a song on the Hunger Games soundtrack. He's working with Sia, with Diplo, with Beyonce, Ariana Grande. And then he's just like, you know, he's in the zeitgeist. Now his lyrics, I've always said that The Weeknd is one of these celebrities where you don't even really need to read his blind items because he kind of gives away his own blind items. Like his lyrics are talking about some of the most depraved, raunchy shit. And I feel, what can I say? Like I am, I am a woman. Oh my God, I'm like giving Taylor Swift right now. But like, I've never been, I've loved The Weeknd's earlier music. It's so soulful. I remember once in college, a guy was driving me home from a date and I was like this perfect amount of tipsy and he had this incredible like sleek blue sports car and like the moon roof was open and we were driving like next in Houston, like next to the speed rail and it was in this like short little, I don't know, like alley and The Weeknd, his song Coming Down was playing. And I was like the right level of tipsy and this like hot guy was like driving me home and I was just like, I feel so cool right now. Like he makes really good music. The only thing is the lyrics are like absolutely um, ridiculous. Like he's, he, the way he speaks about women and his lyrics is really just how he just wants to fuck them and not get to know them. But I wanted to give him a chance, so I listened to this long video essay about him on YouTube, and this guy who's a big fan of The Weeknd was basically saying, I don't know if this is true, it depresses me if it's true, but he was basically saying The Weeknd makes music for men about their innermost thoughts that they're too scared to admit out loud, but all men feel this way. And I was like, that is going to depress me so much if it's true, because the weekend has these themes throughout his music of being terrified of intimacy and not letting anybody get too close to him. And how, what's that like lyric? Like, I only, I can only touch you, not feel me when I'm fucked up. That's the real me. There's all these themes in his music about how he's so scared to get intimate and close with people, but when he gets fucked up, he's able to get a little bit closer to them, but he really uses sex as a replacement for intimacy because he's scared of people leaving him. And it just seems like getting into the weekend's heart is like the final boss in a video game. Like it's basically impossible to do. And He's just, I don't know, I just don't like the way he sings about women, like she's about to go downtown for a whole hour, like I just fucked a bitch before I saw you. She about to go downtown for a whole hour, if I had her, you can have her, man, it don't matter. But, you know, what can I say, like, it sounds really sexy, like I don't like the lyrics, but the songs are like pretty damn sexy, um, and a lot of people have pulled out different quotes of his. There was a quote here. People thought, well, is this about Selena Gomez? Is this, is this about Bella Hadid? 
there's a line in one of his songs here where he says, you said you might be into girls, said you're going through a phase, keeping your heart safe. Well, baby, you can bring a friend. She can ride on top your face while I fuck you straight. And he was accused of being homophobic and fetishizing bisexuality and then perpetuating this idea that like oh like if you're a lesbian it's because you've never had good dick or things like that um then he later on addressed that controversy in a different song where he said every month another accusation only thing i'm phobic of is failing every month another accusation only thing i'm phobic of is failing i just think um i don't like his lyrics but what i like even less is the notion that he says himself where he's like oh i'm just the only guy who's actually going to talk about what men really think and feel and you hear different people doing this too right andrew tate being like all men actually think this do they because if so then i'm like scared of them good god anyway th th there's different cool video essays on the weekend on youtube and i really suggest you look at them um if you want to know more about him he's done interesting things with his music videos and performance art too where i feel like he's aware of the hollywood machine i mean he is talk about going from nothing to something in one generation like he's really been had an impressive life and in his most recent album with all of his different music videos it kind of seems like for different albums he was like i'm pushing everyone away i'm pushing everyone away and it seems like with this latest album and the visual art that goes with it, he's a little bit more self-aware that, hey, if I push everyone away, one day I'm gonna grow old and be completely by myself because I've kept everyone at arm's length. That being said, I still, what can I say? I just don't like him that much. Sorry, sorry, Abel. He has done a lot of personal philanthropy and I like how uh, centered it is to him specifically. So in 2014, he donated money to the University of Toronto to fund a new course on the classic language of Ethiopia. Um, in 2021, he donated a million dollars for relief efforts in Ethiopia for people affected by the war there. He's done, he's done a good amount of uh, philanthropy, which I definitely wasn't expecting when I looked into him. And his relationships, we talked about this two weeks ago, his relationship with Bella Hadid, it was on again, off again for about four years. His relationship with Selena Gomez um, from January to October in 2017. And a lot of people think that he's referenced both of these women in his songs and in his music videos, there is a music video he has with a Selena Gomez lookalike. Now, I am so excited to tell you that we are sponsored this week by Article. They have the most beautiful and affordable furniture and decor that I have ever seen. I've already seen different items of theirs at my sister's place and at my friend's place in New York. So I've had my eye on Article for a bit. I just went onto their website and I ordered this stunning outdoor couch for my balcony. And it's actually a reasonable size so it can fit on my modestly sized apartment balcony and I got this huge um, like floor length big large mirror so I can start taking outfit photos in it kind of like inspire me to try and look good every day which I think would be nice and healthy they have such incredible products that look sleek and also you know that I love being frugal 
the prices just make sense. What's even better, Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of 100 or more. If you want to claim this, you can go to article.com slash fluently, and the discount will automatically be applied at checkout. That is article.com slash fluently for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. So if you want to join me in getting some outdoor furniture, some indoor furniture, some rugs, some mirrors, go to article.com slash fluently and check out what they have there. Now, without further ado, let's get into some of his blindly windlies. So here we go. This one's just like pretty low key, but it says this foreign born A-list singer, The Weeknd, takes a little inspiration from a movie back in the day starring a three-named actress that all of you know, which would be Cruel Intentions with Sarah Michelle Gellar. He also likes to hide his cocaine and jewelry. (laughs) Talk about an iconic movie. The movie Cruel Intentions, first of all, just the name Cruel Intentions, sexy. It's so sexy. But second, it was just like such a good movie, so iconic. And yeah, I'm even though he's sober light, I'm like, sure, he's still doing cocaine if I was a betting woman. This was an interesting one about him and Ariana Grande. This A-list singer was recently asked if she would be willing to work again with this foreign-born A-list singer who loves the end of the week. She said that she will never, ever, ever do that again. She hates him. And this was a couple years ago, and they did actually end up working together again on the Savior Tears, which if you haven't seen the live performance they did together where she like lets loose this incredible whistle tone, you have to go check it out. It's so good. But yeah, it's just uh, Ariana Grande and The Weeknd, their voices are so incredible. They're both very self-focused. If you have seen that black and white video from years ago where they're both like in a recording studio singing Love Me Harder, and it's so funny because they keep doing these like different riffs and cutting each other off for like who has the best vocal talent ability. And to me, it was just awkward to watch because I'm such a beta dog. Like I will be, I will lay down and be like, you be the alpha. It's fine. Like I don't want to, I'm not competitive. I don't want to fight with anyone on anything. And both of them were just like verbally sparring with each other. It's, it's very funny. Okay, we have one. Remember when The Weeknd said that he wasn't going to submit any of his music for Grammy Awards consideration? This blind item says that he is correct to not give in to the award organization. It is all smoke and mirrors on a bed of lies. They still rig it all. And it's funny because The Weeknd will do so many things where I'm like, yes, like he knows that the Grammys is um, corrupt. Like, yes, he knows that Hollywood is like all a joke. Yes, he is doing great philanthropy. And then what the fuck he's like doing some sort of rapey like series on like I just go back and forth with him I feel like there's some things you know what it is really he's so smart when it comes to issues about himself and the minute a woman enters the picture I really do believe he's the type of person that does not view what did Shiv say from succession he couldn't conceptualize a whole woman I think he definitely views women as lower than him and not full humans Because any issue he's talking about that deals with, you know, people makes sense. And then he's just just completely fucked when it comes to women. Okay, now these were some blind items. Remember when everyone thought Angelina Jolie and The Weeknd were dating? There were a lot of blind items basically saying like, 
it's just tabloid fodder. They're not actually dating. And there were a lot of blind items that saying that said that Angelina Jolie does not date men of color, which was um, there were probably like three different blind items of that incredibly fucked up. Now, were they together talking about this like church or cult or I don't know? I don't know. Um, but it's funny because I feel like Angelina Jolie and The Weeknd are both you you would think that they would go well together because they're both kind of like dark sexy energy like uh evocative seductive provocative but I feel like I didn't really see them going together that well because I feel like the weekend is so male focused and Angelina Jolie is so like dark feminine vixen seductress energy that I just didn't really see that like I don't know like I feel like the weekend wants a woman to worship him and I feel like Angelina Jolie wants a man to worship her like they're does that make sense like they're both sexy seductive creatures who I feel like are into like the dark arts or something but they're both like they worship themselves so I I couldn't really see them as a couple now, this is one, the name wasn't revealed, and I don't know much about the housewives, so let me know who you think this is. This East Coast housewife is bragging that she hooked up with the foreign-born singer loved by Daniel Craig every week. And that's my favorite way for NT to describe The weekend. You know that clip of Daniel Craig at SNL? Ladies and gentlemen, The weekend. And everybody on Twitter will post it, like, Friday at 5 p.m., um, so yeah, I don't know which East Coast housewife alleges that she hooked up with him, but it's somebody. Okay, this is the blind item that I have always heard about him. Um, two women are expected to come forward in the next week or two about this A, A-list list singer. They each share a similar story despite living on opposite ends of the country. They were fans of the high-pitched one, and he invited them to a private area backstage. Each says that when they got there, they were expecting it to be more of a party, but it was just the singer in a bathrobe. Why are these people always in bathrobes? And the bodyguard by the door, who then went and stood on the other side of the door. Each said he advanced on them and forced them to have sex, and each one also said to be good or else the bodyguard would take a turn too. This is a lot better behavior than he exhibits with most women who want to work with him. In that case, he doesn't even talk music until after you have sex with him. No exceptions. Yes, including the A-listers that have made records with him. So yeah, I had just heard that blind item that like if The weekend collabs with someone, you better believe he's probably had sex with them. A blind item here about him and Selena Gomez. There's no way on the planet that the A-list singer who loves the end of the week was going to be able to donate a body part to this celebrity when his is probably just as damaged from the same type of activity. And yeah, there was a quote from um, the song Call Out My Name where he says, I almost cut a piece of myself for your life. I almost cut a piece of myself for your life. And a lot of people were speculating did he almost give Selena Gomez a kidney? What happened there? I don't know. I couldn't see that happening. Now, in terms of how his career is going, this was a blind item. The end of the week singer is going to have to put tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of tickets on Groupon if he even wants to come close to selling out his tour. Things are not good. Okay, uh, this one blind item is associated with a story that I have from a mutual of mine on TikTok who was at a party in LA. So this blind item came out when people thought that The weekend and Angelina Jolie were dating. 
This end of the week loving singer has been dating the same woman for the past two years. And they say that that is Simi Kadra. You know those, I made a TikTok video about them. It's these two twins who used to have thick curly hair and then they got like matching plastic surgery and now they're super hot and one of them's dating the weekend. Well, this blind says that he has been dating Simi for the past two years and she was really tired of the rumors of him dating Angelina Jolie. So they like took more photos and made the relationship more public. So the story that I have, my mutual on TikTok went to a party in LA. This was maybe like a year ago. And she said that they were about to leave the party, but then somebody was like, oh my God, the weekend's inside. So she was like, wait a minute, let's like go back before we leave. She said that he was a short king, just like really short, that she was waiting in line for the bathroom for like 10 minutes. And then Simi, Simi, if that's her name, um, she comes out of the bathroom and then she grabbed the weekend and walked right back in. And she was like, I was the only one waiting for the bathroom. And I had been there for 10 minutes. And they just like went right back in, which was super rude. Then they're like still waiting to use the bathroom. And she said the door starts banging out of nowhere. And it wasn't like a quick knock. It was like bang, bang, bang. And she was like, okay, like they are they fucking like in the bathroom with us out here? And then they walked out and went right into a bedroom. So she said that she would then went to the bathroom. Later on, she saw them at the party and they were like all on top of each other and laughing and things like that. She said that she just got the most rancid vibes from this girl, although she was very, very pretty in person, but not that nice. And for what it's worth, she said Alyssa Violet was also at that party too. And she wasn't that nice, which is such a shame because I used to love her YouTube videos. Like all I can say is that this is a story I have from a friend. And we've all seen that scene in Euphoria where they have sex against the bathroom door. And he's friends with Sam Levinson. Like, what's going on? The last blind item is also kind of related to the idol. It's here about Selena Gomez, The Weeknd, and Bella Hadid. Selena Gomez says she split from The Weeknd, um, not because they were doing too much coke and not because his ex, Bella Hadid, was always around, but because he was creepy and she always felt he wanted to rape her and not just have sex with her. And this was a blind item that came out years ago. And from one of the clips that I have seen from The Idol, they literally talk about The Weeknd's character having a rapey vibe to him. And then Lily Rose Depp's character says, oh, I kind of like that about him. What? This blind item came out in 2020. Um... So yeah, if anyone has any personal stories about Abel, aka The Weeknd, please let me know. I get full-on nasty vibes from this guy, and we will see what happens with the idol. I am just so sick of, like, who is... This is how you can tell there's no women in Hollywood. Who greenlit this? It's, like, absolutely obscene. So there we go. I am going to continue to not watch this show, but I feel like every Monday morning I wake up and I go on Twitter and there's, like, the cringiest screen caps and clips from it. So, like, I'm already going to kind of know what happened. So there we have it. Stay tuned over uh, on Instagram at Fluently Bored. We're going to be posting different photos that we referenced in this episode. And if you are looking for more Fluently Forward, patreon.com slash fluently forward we did a little catch-up episode last friday i talked about a bunch of different things including some of the craziest moments when celebrities have gone live on instagram and completely had something bad happen and it was caught 
live on candid camera. And then we also did some of the behind the scenes stories of like the sexiest songs out there. I'm talking buttons from the Pussycat Dolls, all the things she said, um, Me and You by Cassie. I just like those songs to me are like the ultimate sexiest ones. And I wanted to know a little bit about how they were made and the story behind them. So thank you for hanging out with me and I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye guys.